What's going on, everybody? It's been way too long. Siege here. Siege Mentality episode number 27. God, can't believe it's been like eight weeks since my last episode. That, that just shows you how crazy baseball and betting season has gotten. Honestly, betting for me has taken a larger percentage of my time than ever. Been a massive season, so if you're not already a member over at Elite Sports Betting, VIP Summer Package, good through the end of August, $2 a day. I'm telling you, it's worth your time. Check us out over there. But that's not what we're talking about today. It's football. I am now 200-plus best balls deep. And so I, I decided to, uh, yeah, <laughs> right? Uh, so I decided to take stock of where I'm at. So I brought on FantasyGuru.com's Russell Clay. I sent him my exposures last night. He has gone through and made a list of guys he likes, doesn't like, guys he doesn't understand why they're not there. We're just going to talk a lot of players here and basically just get you guys ready for fantasy football. It's August when you guys will probably listen to this, so it's fantasy football season. Russell, how are you? I'm awesome, man. You mentioned it. And uh, I actually referenced uh, Elite Fantasy today in my article. Uh, had people in the Fantasy Guru chat asking about different formats, where to play this fall. So, I mean, we're full full steam ahead here. Best ball, Dynasty, DFS. We got we got everything uh, over here at the uh, the Elite Fantasy realm. So we're all ramping up, you know? Hey, if you guys want a secret too, like if you just want everything, like you want a fancy guru, elite fantasy, and the betting, just email support and be like, hey, can I get a combo yep. deal on all three? We don't tr advertise it a ton, but it exists. I'll just say that. It does exist. So you can always email support <laughs> and get that. Hopefully Rob doesn't get too mad. That's all right. Rob doesn't listen, <laughs> Rob doesn't listen to this podcast anyway, so we, we should be good. Uh, so... Um, let's just go ahead and get started. Uh, you know, we're just going to talk about a lot of players. We're probably going to jump all around. Uh, so your first player is a player that isn't even on my list. It, it's a player that you and I just do not see eye to eye on. So Saquon Barkley right now, he is going towards the back end of the first round, ADP of 10.6. You're a buyer at that price. Tell me why I, maybe I should reconsider. Okay, so let's let's frame this a little bit. Uh, we I asked you, you you mentioned uh, coming on, and I was like, all right, I know you've been off this Saquon bandwagon for I know at least this off season. I don't know if that went into last year as well, but um, I mean, it's just a question of do we think he's going to recover or not? And with guys like this who I believe are super rare, I'm just gonna take the risk. Um, with that said, I mean, I know, you know, we've seen this go downhill quickly before with running backs in the past, but I'm just taking a risk on the talent. And even if I miss the first couple of games, if I think he's going to be back to the full workload by the fantasy playoffs, then I feel like that's a win. Obviously you feel different. Uh, and I'm in a little echo chamber. I feel like, you know, Tyler and Armando are kind of in the same boat as me. So I guess I would flip it to you. Um, you're out out. Like he wasn't in any of your exposure, at least your top 12 or He's so. He's not a six, top back. 16 running back. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. So what, what's the, so are you just out on him as a player, the offense, the injury or all of it? All, all of, of it. the above. So, <laughs> so for me, it's about, right. So like, I think you acknowledge that we don't think that he's going to be participating weeks one through three at 100%. Whether that's 70% of his workload, 80% of his workload, 
85% of its workload. We could just agree it's not 100%, right? Correct. Okay. So here's my problem. When the Giants are 5-9 and nine, heading into the start of your fantasy football playoffs, after spending all offseason recovering from this injury, is Saquon Barkley going to be out there? It's a fair question. I, I, it's I a mean, fair question. It's a fair question. So so now if I'm like, I don't, I'm not sure I'm going to get the beginning or the end of the season, what the hell am I really getting, right? And he's going in the first round. So I just, there's other guys. I don't need to take that chance, right? Like I can get Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, Aaron, Aaron Jones for me is a guy that I think I was just, I am too low on even still. I need to go get more. I'm actually not even sure where I have Aaron Jones right now in my rankings. I have to go find him. Uh, I have him right below Devontae Adams. Like, I actually probably would move him up above Kamara, and I'm actually going to do that right now on air. Ooh, so, okay. I, I, and I was on Kamara early in the season, but the more I keep – the Thomas injury we'll talk about, but that was definitely a blow, and it just – I'm getting more and more skittish by the day. But I, I just don't really see the upside for Saquon. Like, how does he win for me? Like – He's 100% and he plays those garbage weeks for no reason and he crushes in cold weather. Just, it's such a thin road and it's a first round pick. I want to be kind of have certainty with it. And I'll just take all the other guys around him. You know, maybe not Jonathan Taylor, but Eckler, Chubb, Jones, Joe Mixon, um, Antonio Gibson, I guess, even if he falls to the third round, I'm not a Gibson guy. We'll talk about that in a minute. But like, I will take him in the third round when he occasionally falls. So for me, it's just a situation of I just don't want that kind of risk in my portfolio. I just don't see a need for it. Okay, so that's fair. And it kind of sounds like you're a lower – you kind of feel like it's a lower floor as well uh, in terms of the later season stuff. I – I'm more in the camp that the Giants are going to be more mediocre than bad this year, sort of a 7-10 and or, uh, you know, eight and nine type record. That's what I'm envisioning. I actually think that offense is going to be better. Um, Could it be worse? It can't be worse than last year, I don't think. Um, I guess the question is, you know, um, what do you think of Saquon? And my answer is I think he's a generational talent, and I know that gets overused. But when we look at the combine, when we look at his college production, and when we just look at who he was even in year one, um, he had the most yards from scrimmage um, since 2000 for a rookie, Uh, you know, over 2000 as a rookie. I mean, I just don't – I want to bet on that guy to become an outlier. Now, if we're looking at just the average running back coming off two injury-filled seasons, I think that is somewhat not being priced in that it's been – almost two years in a row where he's been hurt the whole time. Um, I'm, I'm still betting on the talent to overcome all of this. Sometimes it can, and other times it's a disaster. Um, so I, I've just, over the years, I've bit into this variance and come out on top um, more often than not. So that's how I'm playing it. But I mean, undeniably risky. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't really see, like, the upside for Tur. I just don't – those last few weeks, I, I just – I have a hard time envisioning him being on the field, unless I'm just totally wrong about the Giants. And if I'm wrong about, like, how good they are on offense, then I'm a big Kenny Galladay guy. So, like, that will help, right? right. So, like, uh, uh, you know, maybe I'm without – I don't get Saquon, but I get the Kenny Galladay ceiling. So, I'm just – it's just – if Barkley versus Eckler and Chubb and Jones is, like, so different that – I can't win a tournament, then 
Okay. I'll just get and what's what's already been revealed? You were on this from the beginning of the off season. He has his values much different now. It, a few months ago, it was him up there with Cook and and McCaffrey. Oh, yeah, now it's absurd. It's a much different equation. So I mean, he's yeah, still going I, mid to late first round. Like like yeah. people are taking him over Tyree or Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey in like a best ball format, and it's just like why like those guys are league <laughs> winners you know and so yeah it, it's definitely one of those things that i i just have decided that i'm just going to be out on saquon 200 yeah. now 100 205 teams in on underdog and still no saquon and i wow will probably be 400 plus teams deep and have no saquon like if saquon beats go. me it's going to be a r- expensive season uh, <laughs> for sure but I, I i just don't see it um so let's go to quarterbacks now. We talk, talked about him. We'll kind of try to get a little bit of order now. I knew that was kind of the first thing on both of our minds. Uh, so, um, again, I'm not going to list off all my exposures, but I did send them all to Russ. So uh, you want to talk about Wentz first since he's like the most on everyone's mind right now? Yeah, pretty brutal the last couple hours. Uh, I, it turned from, uh-oh, uh, foot injury, kind of tweaked it at the end of practice. Then it was okay, this might be bad. Now it's indefinitely out, and he's going to see a foot specialist. So well, They said he's only going to miss a couple games at most. I'm just like, eh, I don't know. This evolved quickly. Uh, I'm not a uh, – foot injuries have not treated me well over the years. I don't know about you, Siege, but when a player gets a foot injury, that's usually not a good sign for their play. As quarterbacks can play, but uh, I just have a lot – I just, in my brain across the years, it's like, I just remember a lot of mediocre play coming out of those foot injuries. So I don't know how much the Colts were even going to be asking of Wentz this year. Um, you know, kind of a, an offense where he doesn't have to be the guy he was in Philly anymore, which, you know, ended terribly. He can kind of just be a dump off guy. So he might be able to play that role, but, uh, See, you think he's going to be a dump-off guy? I think he's actually going to be pretty explosive. I think Philly just didn't have the offensive line around him to let him be explosive. I guess it depends on how you view Michael Pittman, uh, uh, well, Campbell, and, and Hilton. I, I am the king of the Michael Pittman train, I think. So then there you go. Then that would make sense. If you think the Pittman breakout's coming, then you're, you're As a Notre more Dame guy to admit to that a USC guy is going to break out <laughs> and be good is just basically impossible, but he's so good. Right. It just every time I, I I've watched some coaches tape, I'd be like, oh, there's Pittman wide open in the middle of a field, and then there's Philip Rivers dumping it off. I'm like, you didn't want those 25 yards that were right there over the middle right. of the field, and it was just that over and over and over again. So, yeah, foot injuries are bad. Don't get me wrong. If it's serious, you you imagine they would go get someone like Jimmy G. Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston would be my personal mm-hmm. favorite, but I think he's actually going to win that Saints job. Every report out of Saints camp is like he's been an unreal. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just think that I'm obviously worried about the situation. I'm going to cool off on Pittman for now uh, just to kind of see how this plays out. But it, I'm in a position where I can cool off. I have a ton already, and if I need to add more later, so be it. I, I have no issues doing that. Um, but, yeah, this is definitely a blow. Um, I, I, I've never been a Wentz guy, but this was kind of like the first year I was starting to buy in just a little bit, nothing crazy, but yeah, uh, he, he definitely was a guy that I, I was starting to kind of pick up a little bit more of. So 
I'm glad this happened now as opposed to, you know, right. three weeks from now. That would have been a problem. I, I mean, I love that offense, and putting Wentz into that uh, was really exciting. Even him coming off that disastrous year, this was such a, a, a high-floor offense with solid pieces all around and, you know, maybe not the superstar wide receivers, but, yeah, Wentz was set up to succeed this year. Yeah, I think he still could, but you definitely have to take a wait-and-see approach for the next three or four weeks, that's for sure. Um, Let's go to my second-highest overall player, owned over a player, and uh, it's actually a guy who was higher-owned until the last uh, four or five days, and that is Trey Lance. I have 35% of him across my 200 teams. Uh, You know, you asked the obvious question, how many games does he play? When I was around 40 to 45%, I had dreams that he was going to start week one against the Lions because... What other spot would be more better than that to get a rookie quarterback, you know, get their feet wet than at the terrible Lions? Doesn't look like that's going to be the case now, huh? No, but. No, but. Um, and I feel the same way with Justin Fields. We're, we're kind of looking at, I won't say unlimited upside here, but we're looking at that, that, uh, unlocked potential once they get in there. I mean, Saqu or not Saquon, Jimmy G and um, and uh, Andy Dalton are are gonna be there. But once they sort of get shifted out, that rushing upside, the overall ability of Lance in this offense will automatically click. So, you know, I don't know how many weeks it takes. And even if it's a half a season, you're getting a great deal on Lance. I'm sure you were sort of picking at him. We did we did a pod during the draft, and you were high on him at that point. So, I mean, I'm guessing your price point is really, really solid um, in these best balls. So that's kind of what, you know, it's a cheap price. And also for season-long leagues, like, I'm going after Lance and Fields, and you know if they want to sit there for a few weeks, at least in deeper leagues, um, you know I'm willing to wait because if they're starting week five, I'm not going to care that I had to wait those four weeks to get you know the results. I believe I'm going to get the 49ers playoff schedule too for these like tournaments, right? Where it's super top heavy, and it all comes down to the playoff weeks. Week mm-hmm. 14 at the Bengals, week 15 mm-hmm. home against the Falcons. Week 16 at Titans. Week 17 where someone on underdog will win $1 million. Home against yeah. the Texans. Oh, baby. Oh. <laughs> and, and that's I know everyone's is... circling that Texans, right? <laughs> oh, it's just – and that's why I have so much Lance. And it's why I have no Justin Fields. I, I think I have like one or two teams. But I look at the Bears' schedule and it's just – it's brutal. So, like – I figure that if, like, let's just say Andy Dalton gets the first snap because that's what they say they're going to do, right? At Mm -hmm. the Rams, not going to go great. He'll be on the hot seat. Home against the Bengals, will be fine. At Browns, should score. Lions, should score. Raiders, should score. So it's really going to take this Packers-Bucks 49ers stretch for me to, like, be like, okay, and that's mid to late October, Wherefore, I'm like, all right, barring Dalton just being 100 times worse than we think and being worse than he was last year in Dallas, like, it's going to take till mid-October to get him in. And then I look at their playoff matchups, and it's just not great. Week 14 at Green Bay, it's going to be like negative five degrees. Home against the Vikings, 
at Seattle, home against the Giants? Like, how is he going to get any upside in those matchups in the dead of winter? I I would just say, uh, in terms of uh, upside, I look at like a Jalen Hurts last year against like the Saints, where he was playing the number one defense in the league, and he just figured it out. I I'm in the Justin Fields will figure it out range of outcomes, <laughs> in my opinion of him. But yeah, obviously those aren't great matchups at all, and won't be. That's gonna carry. Like pack, we're gonna be. In that week where he goes to the Packers, that's going to be a shitty matchup. <laughs> I, I just have a hard time seeing, like, he's just not going to play a lot of the regular season. So I'm, I'm kind of, he's just stashing on my bench. Then he's got tough playoff matchups. Like, just yeah. give me Trey Lance, right? It's the exact opposite situation where when he plays, he's going to have dream matchups. Uh, so I, I just can't really get there. They're, like They go, like, basically right in the same range, and Lance even goes later. So mm-hmm. I, I'll just take Lance and, you know, I, I'm not like, I know they say it's not a competition, but they said it was so like, they almost said it too loudly. Like, this is not a competition. And you're like, well, why did you have to say that so loudly? Exactly. Right. You right. know, I, yeah. I, I, you know, and it's just the early season schedule, just lions and eagles to start the season. Just a really nice way to get your feet wet. You know, totally. I just, I, it, I still think there's a chance um, his, his ADP has been dropping. So I've actually still been picking up some shares. Like I just picked him up in the 14th round and it's just as a QB two, I'm just like, man, that is a ton of upside. So cheap. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I try to pair him with someone who's got a late buy too. So like Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz was one of those guys to, uh, guys with good job security that have like that late buy that really is cause like, and I know that they're going to be playing. I mean, injuries happen, but again, like in this tournament format, I can't really worry about that. I'm playing enough volume where mm-hmm. that's just not going to be an issue. But you know, if Lance even starts falling, like I could take Lance's QB one and even try to do like a late quarterback build, you know, and, and try to do three quarterbacks. I don't do a ton of it, but if Lance starts falling into that 14th round consistently, like I can do that. You know, I can go, 14th round, 17th round, 18th round at quarterback and, and use, you know, not high value picks on it. Yeah, I'm losing a roster spot, but the rest of my roster will be loaded at that point. So options for Trey Lance are, are starting to whiten for me. So I don't know how much lower that ownership will get. Right. And yeah, you mentioned Sam Darnold. It sounds like Terrace Marshall's going to be a legitimate starter in three wide receiver sets for them this year. It's kind of like I have a feeling Darnold's going to have those horrific weeks still, but we're going to look up in week 13 and be like, damn, he's QB 14 right now. God, that, that offense is just primed, isn't it? They're going to yep. be behind a bunch. They're yep. going to be in shootouts a bunch. I just – the Jets are just so incompetent. And every other talented player has left Adam Gase's system and become competent. Like, why can't he just be Ryan Tannehill? Except with more talent. Right. Yeah. I, Talent's I, never been an issue, so I, I'm very interested. I love that coaching staff. Love DJ Moore McCaffrey. Um, and and obviously, you know, Marshall was a nice prospect. And Robbie Anderson. I mean, I had given up on him, and he came out of the Adam Gase thing and looked great. So there you go. Yeah, totally agree. So um, let's talk about Tua, another guy that's pretty up high on my list. Nowhere near 30%. He's kind of in the checks in around like 15% owned. I'm just betting on the – on the like he wasn't supposed to play last year because of that hip injury, and then they played mm-hmm. him and he was bad. 
I'm just going to pretend that never happened and he just redshirted like he was supposed to. And I'm kind of drafting him based on that. Like, obviously, if you look at last year, it was terrible, but I'm just not convinced he was ever healthy. It kind of felt like they were like, oh shit, if Ryan Fitzpatrick's good, we might go like 12 and 4, and then we can't start Tua next year. Uh, let's start Tua now so we can at least start him next year. <laughs> yeah, and this gave me those Jared Goff rookie year vibes where he came in midseason, had no idea what he was doing. And it was on a terrible offense. And, you know, by mid the midpoint last year, Tua was working with kind of a skeleton crew of, of um, pass catchers there. But I, I like the upside of this offense. I know they're already kind of falling apart here with Parker on Pup and uh, Will Fuller. Are you worried about them. Parker on Pup? I, I don't really get worried I'm not. on Pup. Like, I just don't get yeah. worried. So, you're right. I guess my point is, like, in terms of the weapons this year versus last year, even if they do sustain an injury or two, there's way more upside. I mean, Waddle, you know, he's waddling around right now, but they have Gesicki as well. That's a lot of explosive weapons. So even if you lose one or two, you still have four young, highly explosive weapons that have displayed upside before. So... Um, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm in the camp of sometimes allowing players to develop instead of instantly striking them down as busts. So I'm not as put off by Tua. His rookie year wasn't an abomination like we've seen, you know. I don't know about it wasn't that. It was a, pretty bad. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser uh, siege. Oh, yeah, God. <laughs> yeah, that was never. That wasn't great. <laughs> I remember when he went the second round. I was like, "What? Huh?" Right. You probably were like very confused. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, "Oh, it's the Browns. Got it. I'm right. They're wrong." Yep. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, just some other quarterbacks. Just kind of the, like I'm not fading any of the Kyler, Dak, Allen, Wilson tier. It's a strong tier. It's just for me. I'm not going to go super crazy on it because I'm loading up on wide receivers in that tier. So like I'll be right around the field on all those guys when they fall a little bit. Kind of when I take them. Yep, I, I have the same perspective. I'm not openly pursuing them in those rounds just because there's a lot of wide receivers uh, I do like and, and maybe some running backs as well. But, uh, you know, it, you feel pretty good when you when you leave that round and you're like, all right, Kyler locked in QB1. Dak, I'm really confident in him. Allen, Russell Wilson, you know. You feel good about that QB1, maybe a little inconsistency with a few of them, but uh overall you're 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 pretty locked in at quarterback barring injury. This Dak injury's been kind of nice because I'm quietly able to pick up some mm. like in the late in the 6th round now and, and like sometimes even late 6th then it's like good. I, I kind of was just like mm, a little too low on Dak. Like I love Dak. I was super high on him last year. And I'm getting a discount, so he's a guy that I think if you start seeing me in your drafts, I'm probably going to start taking a little bit more of, especially just given how high I am on that offense in general. Um, actually, a player we'll talk about later who I just was like kind of over-ignoring, and I, wa I watched a couple off-season clips like right before camp started, and I was like, man, I need to be higher on this guy. And then, of course, the first day on camp, the guy makes a huge catch, and everyone sees it on Twitter. I'm just like, god damn it. So I had to move him up like three rounds just to start getting him. But yeah, we'll talk about him. He's in the tight end section. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts on him. Uh, let's go to talk. Let's talk about the running back. We could spend two hours alone on quarterback, and I'm trying not to keep you here forever. So let's go to my running back exposures. I think this is probably where 
my exposures are going to look a whole lot different than a lot of the world. Uh, so my highest two owned running backs right now are JD McKissick and Gus Edwards. Where do you want to start? <laughs> Let's start there. And you mentioned it. So I was looking through the other positions. I was like, okay, okay, okay. Whoa. You know, it was like, wow, this is definitely a much bigger variety than what, you know, I'm seeing with some other rosters. Um, I'm not high on McKissick. I'm curious to get your thoughts there. I'm more of the Antonio Gibson has the David Johnson profile archetype, and I'm kind of rolling with that. Uh, obviously, you do not. You're not in on that, and I'm guessing based on the McKissick exposure, you're not touching Gibson. Um, I'll so... touch him when he falls in the late two, early three, right? Because, okay. uh, like, I think he's got a, high, a pretty high risk profile. Those foot injuries, especially with running backs, just mm. and the toe injuries, they reappear. And he's being drafted like one. He's being drafted like he's Christian McCaffrey. I, I've seen that comp a lot. Like, and, and a lot of the high stakes guys that were high on Christian McCaffrey are making this transition to, to Gibson. And I was on the Christian McCaffrey in round two thing. I, I was there. I don't see that with Gibson. I don't think that McKissick is going to just go away. I think he's going to be kind of a Hines to to Taylor. I, I think that the receiving role for Gibson might get a little better, but I do think McKissick's going to take some of the Peyton Barber work. I know he's still there, but towards the end of the season, they kind of just never really played Barber. Right. So I think that McKissick's going to have a more of a role that way. Uh, they don't really have a slot I believe in. I don't think they're going to use Samuel as a traditional slot. I think they're going to move him all around the formation. He'll play a bunch of slot, but I think there's a lot of... There's still, I don't think McKissick's passing role is going to just disappear. And Fitzpatrick loves those reliable checkdown guys, and that's what McKissick is. I don't. Tr and if Gibson gets hurt again with the toe, I know that Washington redid their field, but Washington's field has been... I, I've gotten murdered for this tip. Their field has been a laughing stock for two decades. And players get hurt on that field all the time. And now we're going to trust a toe injury on that field. I know they just did a huge renovation. And they completely redid everything. And they did the, they went even deeper than they've gone before. I've heard this story before. You know, I, I don't want to be putting my eggs in the basket of high-profile guy with a toe injury. It, it, now, if, towards the end of round two, round three, sure. Right? He, he's got the talent. I just think McKissick's role is not going to go away. And people are just like projecting Christian McCaffrey. And I just, I'm not there. Yeah. We talk about with Saquon once in a while, guys. Christian McCaffrey, not a guy that comes along very often um, in terms of running back prospects. I mean, at Stanford, the only question was, is this guy 195 or is he is he big enough? And we found. I remember out that when people were like, correctly. "Christian McCaffrey can't run between the tackles." That was a thing. If yeah. you go back on Twitter, his yep. rookie season, yep. people are like, "McCaffrey cannot run in between the tackles," and it right. was just like, "Yeah, what are you people looking at?" <laughs> and it was so frustrating too because I was going to be all in Christian McCaffrey. I had him as a late one, first rounder, and I was getting him everywhere. And he had that big preseason run, and it was just like, beep. Yep. Because you yeah. just knew. I, I, I'm, I, that's the part about – it was so nice about last year. There's no preseason to freaking bias people. You know, there's no, like, people jumping four rounds because, like, the guy's a good preseason game. I actually kind of enjoyed that about last year. But <laughs> I, I, I'm just 
yeah, I, I'm big on McKissick. He really fits my zero RBs or my anchor RB builds uh, as a guy that I think is going to get a workload. Like, end of the day, the reason this list is as weird as it is is because I'm just not prioritizing RB2. And, and so I'm just going to be trying to montage a couple guys to kind of just fit in an RB2 score that's respectable. RB2 isn't really going to win anyone a million dollars. I mean, now, again, like, it, it can, like, if, you know, Gibson gets hurt and I get McKissick full-time, like, okay, now that's a guy that can win me a league. You know, he's going around 11, 12, 13. Um, Gus Edwards, pretty similar situation, but I'm just not as high on Gibson as most. I, I think that it's still going to be more of a timeshare. You know, Ron Rivera is always a guy that wanted to be a timeshare guy. Christian McCaffrey just didn't give him that option, but any chance he got, he was always a timeshare guy. And if Gibson is not Christian McCaffrey, then it's still going to be another timeshare. My my only question on this is I looked at the Curtis Samuel signing as a he's going to be in a lot of the same spots of the field as McKissick is from, you know, from his prospect profile to the way he's been used in Carolina. It sounds like you think I, I mean, Matt Harmon has been on record of this thinking he's more of a on all purpose weapon sort of down the field can be used as a deep threat. Do you kind of think that's the usage they're going to be optimizing him with? Um, because when they did that signing, I was more in like, Oh shit, this is a, um, this might hurt Gibson. So, yeah. I mean, I think it does hurt Gibson. I'm kind of with you. Like, I, I think that like, I think it hurts McKissick a little bit too. Like, I'm not saying that, right. I'm not saying like, Oh, it's not a problem, but I kind of view this team as a team that's got kind of six weapons in total, right? If we just kind of look yeah. at everyone, it, it's yep. it's McLaurin, it's Samuel, it's Dynami Brown, Logan Thomas, Gibson, and McKissick, right? I'm not yep. forgetting anybody. No. Right. So it's those, I mean, although the Adam Humphrey signing, yeah, okay, whatever. God, I know. That was Whatever. Brutal. I'm just yeah. going to pretend that doesn't really matter because I don't <laughs> think it's going to matter. Uh, but I just kind of think that there's going to be enough work for all of them. You know, this is a decent offense. They're going to be trailing in games. So I just think that Fitzpatrick loves the safety valve. I just don't think Gibson's an every down guy. And there's upside. You know, Gibson gets hurt because it gets all the work. And then yep. once he gets all the work, it's just, you know, maybe he's not going to get all the red zone work. But he did do it in the playoff game. He did do it towards the back end of the season. He's a little bit heavier this year, a little more bulky. Didn't lose much in the quickness department. Um, seen a couple reports from camps. He's looked good in between the tackles, which is kind of all I really need to see to just be like, all right, he's not drawing dead in that role. He can get it or some of it, which is really all I need. So, yeah, kind of just, you know, one of those guys who's just kind of just looking for four, three to four good weeks from him, you know, yep. catches a touchdown type deal. I'm not like, oh, he's going to be, you know, the next CMC. Right. No, 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 no. He's just kind of like a placeholder. Gus Edwards, I'm a little more confident in here. Uh, you know, the reality just simply is that he's 70% of Dobbins just going nine rounds later. Like, they're going to timeshare again. Edwards was the guy they trusted in the red zone towards the back end of the season. And, you know, I just think that he's going to clearly have a role. Uh, and if Dobbins gets hurt, then Edwards' role goes from 40% to 60%, right? And they'll bring in Hill behind him. But again, you know, as an RB2 guy, I'm just trying to get some playable weeks, playable weeks, playable weeks. And if, you know, I get more upside, great. But Edwards is a guy that's going to have RB2 playable weeks, even in the current situation. 
Yeah, I like this play, and it's not someone I have a ton of, but I I like this play quite a bit. A hedge off Dobbins. You're looking at this offense. Lamar Jackson being in there optimizes at least between the tackles running. Um, if anything happens to Dobbins or he kind of doesn't come to fruition as what many want, we could be looking at Edwards with, you know, a thousand yards from scrimmage and he kind of almost got there last year. So he's been a big play threat for multiple years. I really like um, what we're seeing there. And yeah, I'm, I'm in another guy who too, when I'm going on the COVID list right before this started campus, he's dropped another round and a half. And I've just been like, gobble, 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 gobble. Like yep. we're still six weeks away from opening day. I'm not worried about someone hopping on the COVID list. Like right now, you know, Maybe in yep. three weeks, I'll care. But right now, for a veteran like Edwards, you know what you're not going to do? You're not going to twist your ankle. So, you know, I, I, I'm, it's kind of a little bit of a bubble wrap scenario. Like, eh, not the worst case scenario for me right now. Um, let's talk about uh, Damian Harris. Uh, so, I, I'm, I don't know. Like, he's a guy that, like, when I decide I want to have, like, a little bit more of an RB2, like, the wide receivers go a little bit earlier, it's round 9, it's round even late 8 round, and, like, I don't really, like, even Pittman's gone, and it's just like, well, I guess I could see how this works. Like, I just don't, my issue is they just didn't trust him in the red zone at all until they had no other options. And... You know, as long as Cam's starting, he's not going to get the red zone carries. And if mm-hmm. when Mac gets in, like, are they really going to hand him the work? Or is it going to be Stevenson, who did really well at goal line at Houston? I know he's starting on Pup, and they, they might redshirt him. I, I'm willing to acknowledge that's probably in the range of outcomes now. But assuming they don't and they cut Michelle, or they put him on Pup and Michelle's still there, I don't know. I just don't. It's a Pats running back. I know this story. Why am I trying to like rewrite the story? <laughs> I I'm interested in Harris. I liked him out of Alabama. I liked what I've seen the first two years. Uh what 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 do you think of so you think Sony's a cut candidate? You're more plugged into the Patriots than I am. I was actually kind of intrigued with the small sample we saw last year. He kind of looked a little more like Georgia Sony. Uh, on a few of those screens, but um, yeah, Cam being in if, if there. If they redshirt Stevenson, they won't cut okay. Michelle. I'm starting like I drafted a bunch of Stevenson early as like a last round guy, and I'm starting to regret it because like as soon as they put him on pup, I went, uh oh, they're kind of just setting yeah. him up for a redshirt. Right. And that 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 wasn't great. Uh, I, like he's off my board right now, but. I probably need to put Michelle back on it, but the problem is just like if he gets cut, ugh. Right. That's what that's and what then... I hate about like the super late running backs. It's like I don't want what I don't want you to do is just not be on a roster. Right? Like I need <laughs> you to be on a roster, which is why like Gus Edwards and McKissick in rounds 13, 14, you know, um even Samaj P. Ryan, right? Like he's not getting cut. James White not getting cut. Denarian mm-hmm. Evans not getting cut. And, yeah, I have to go a couple rounds earlier than the back end, but like at least I know you're going to be on the roster, right? And you are, like, established in a top-two slot. I don't know. I just – this is – I'm starting to – this is one where I think my ownership could drastically change based on preseason. 
he starts getting uh. some preseason carries in the red zone, and I might get, I might be willing to push him up a little bit farther. Cool. Okay. Yeah. No, I like Harris, and I like Michelle as sort of a. We're going to round 20, 25 of Dynasty League startups. I'm going to snag him, and I'm going to love having him behind Harris just as sort of a, a mini hedge. But my hope is that Mac Jones somehow wins this job early in the year, and then I think... If he wins this job early in the season, my best sport portfolio, other than not having any Mac Jones, is... I love my portfolio right. if he wins that job. Right, because we like Harris more if Mac Jones is in there, right? Yes. Okay. Honestly, we like every Pats player more (laughs) if Mac Jones is in there. Right, right. So that's kind of what I'm I'm banking on. Uh, I'm not going heavy into Harris, but I think the talent's there. I think the offensive line's there. All we need is a quarterback change, which, you know, that's the risk we're taking. But if that happens, I think he could be an RB2. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I definitely could see it. Like, and that's why I'm kind of like trying to keep him. Like, I'm overweight on him. Nothing crazy, you know. I can kind of adjust my ownership percentage as my overall portfolio as needed here in the final month. Like, there's a few players I'm already just gonna live or die with. You know, JD McKissick, Gus Edwards, Trey Lance. Um, we'll talk about a couple wide receivers, Jacoby Myers here in a second. You know, there's a couple guys like that where, like, I'm going to be living or dying with you. There's nothing I can really do about it now. Like, even if I just didn't draft you the rest of the way, I'm still going to be right, overweight. Right. So, and I'm not going to stop drafting Jacoby Myers anytime soon. So, yeah, I, it's definitely one of those situations where you're definitely locked on a couple of guys. But Harris is definitely in the, I don't want to be at 2% where I can't get you to 14%. But I also don't want to be at 25% where it's tough to get you back to seven eight percent if that's where i want you so uh definitely trying to leave some flexibility there let's talk about darrington evans um this was definitely an eric buying for a guy and i kind of just stole him i was a big on him last year and look simply put is that running backs coming off the amount of work that henry duke just don't hold up yeah he's definitely bigger and stronger than most of those other guys but Simply put, like, that amount of work, you just don't typically hold up, and he's definitely the plan B if uh, it's not Henry. And this offense is better, so they might be able to give Evans more work, you know, and resting Henry more. So, yeah, he's a guy that I was willing to chase up to rounds 15, 16. Uh, What's your thoughts on him? Yeah, and weirdly enough, Derrick Henry, he's enormous, but his success comes off his speed. I mean, that's really where the upside is. And we, you know, when you look at speed-based guys, they have that apex for a couple years, and then they tend to, like, fall off. The Chris Johnsons, the Jamal Charles, the the guys. I mean, I know it's crazy to compare Derrick Henry to that type of playing style, but, I mean, those 99-yard runs uh, and, and 90, 80-yard runs against the Jaguars, I mean, that's not necessarily just his size doing that. That's you know what? People, people are going to hate this score. comp, but I got a comp. Yeah. People are going to hate this. Hate this. Who is it? Leonard Fournette's rookie season compared to after that. That's where right. I think we might be with Derrick Henry. It's like we just and, saw the best and it goes down from there. And it it's like nobody could have told you during Chris Johnson's 2,300 yards from scrimmage season 
that it wasn't going to last forever. And then two years later, he's on the Jets <laughs> struggling, you know, to get a thousand yards. So I, I've just found historically that guys like this um, tend to fall off fantasy wise pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, Derrick Henry, obviously an outlier. It's, it's the back-to-back years that has me worried. LaDainian Tomlinson is a guy where you look at, okay, he can last eight years getting 400 touches a year. But uh, what we've seen the last decade is that tends not to happen anymore. Even Christian McCaffrey didn't make it last year. Right, right. So I, I don't know. You know, he is based purely on the running game. And if anything happens, Evans is a play that you're looking at zeros um, for most of the year. And then you're kind of banking on that. All right. If Henry gets hurt, which, you know, we don't want to play off injuries. But the reality is, including playoffs, he's got two straight years with 400 plus touches. Or, or so. Titans have things locked up. They're locked into a seed. You know, they can get the three right. or the four, but it doesn't really matter. Week 17 rolls around. They sit Henry you know, for week 17 and 18 and rest them up for the playoffs. And I suddenly have an RB one, you know, in the championship week, right? A, a cheap, cheap handcuff that has real talent. They picked him in the third round last year. Really nice production profile out of Appalachian state athletic has all the traits you look for in a guy like a Tony Pollard or, or, um, you know, a Daryl, Daryl Henderson or, or those types of handcuffs. He's, He's that type of quality. I had him right up there last year. So, you know, we continue to buy those guys for cheap or free uh, and uh, see how it goes. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. If you had the third overall pick in a best ball, I'm really been struggling with this, right? CMC one cook two. I don't have a great feel on who I should be taking the third overall. Like I'm underweight on Henry, but I've considered taking some Henry teams just because like, I don't know. Like, it's him, it's Kelsey, it's Hill. I don't really have a strong opinion. Who should I be taking third? Like, I, I kind of just rotate at this point. I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, with my third through sixth picks, I'm hedging. Um, I, I like one and two, and I did like Saquon, but again, you don't have to take him three. You know, I can take him ten now. So you really gotta have... get off the Saquon thing, man. I know, I know. You gotta. Hopefully, after this, I'll chisel down my. Uh, you got chis- like, my bullishness. Just, I here. just don't. <laughs> this is like the stock keeps going down five percent every week, but I'm just still I'm buying the dip. Um, but you know, I know I, that's definitely how I feel about Gus Edwards. I'm like, buying the dip. like <laughs> everyone else is out. And I'm like, well, all right, I could just buy more then. Right, right. So. You know, I don't have, there's no clear answer. And I think that's the right answer right now. There is no clear answer beyond the, beyond the top two. I mean, Camara with no Michael Thomas in that offense, we, if I knew James was going to start, I probably would just take Kamara, but yeah, like I would be, I would like Kamara's not even in that mix for me right now. Like he's like towards the back end of the first round. I'm so scared. I will say every day that James Winston goes through another training camp session without, without an interception. I probably need to start moving them back up, but I'm not, I, w- I will say I'm not totally afraid of Henry. As long as I get Evans behind him, that's yeah, kind of my mentality. That basketball, that's the problem. Like I, I got to have more ceiling. I can't, I can't handcuff in these things. That's the annoying part. Fair. You got to have the upside, you know, it's just like, it's just, again, when I'm doing so many of these things, right. I can just, you know, a certain percentage of them are just going to get ruined by injury. Right. I just, I just, gotta... I mean, what do you, what do you think about Zeke? 
Is it weird that I actually believe them this year about Pollard? Oh, like, okay. So like, I was on the Zeke thing, and I was really starting to pick him up. I was that's what I was starting to do. That's what I did for a bit. I was taking Zeke third, and I don't know. It just I kind of believe him this year. I don't know mm-hmm. if I should or not. I just kind of do. It's a gut feel. There's no that like they see this every year in camp. Like Pollard's gonna get more work, and I guess he did get more work last year. I just. He's oh here's my problem, Tony Pollard might be better than Zeke. Like I love his talent, and so I kind of want to buy it. And right. this is also the first year that I don't have like thirty five percent Pollard. So I'm like, you know what's going to happen? Pollard's actually going to get the work this year, and he's going to go bonkers. So I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I guess Zeke's still probably in that mix. But every time I read a report where they're like, "Oh no, we're actually going to give Pollard more work," I'm like, "Well, yeah, of course you are. This year, I don't have thirty percent of them." <laughs> right. Right. Probably a guy I just need it. The problem is, so I'm so high on like Lamb and Cooper and Dak. It's like, do I really want to add Pollard to that mix? That's how it's just. That's how it always ends up. Is just like I'm. You know, I guess I probably need to move him up a little bit. I don't want to be underweight on Pollard. This is why we. This is why I have you on. So I can like right, just right. Like I don't want. I don't want to do that. So Pollard's gonna get moved up after the show. I, I I gotta at least be at like 13 percent Pollard so I can like at least sleep at night. I I think that's the move. Honestly, I look at Pollard as a guy. If Zeke gets hurt. Oh, I know he's going to win everything. Yeah. I got to move. Yeah. Yeah, Like that's like league win handcuff right there. That's the him. Him is that's the handcuff for me. I'll make sure I get like 20, 25% of him and puppy too. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Just push him up a little bit farther. Um, Okay. Let's God, 45 minutes. It feels like we just started five minutes ago. All right, let's uh, move on to wide receivers. I actually think this will probably be the the shortest of the conversation groups. Um, you know, so for me, my highest owned overall player right now is Jacoby Myers. Uh, it's pretty far and away my highest owned player. Uh, he was going like free. He was going like the 16th round forever. And I maybe it was me. Maybe it was me and a couple others just like got into wars and started pushing up his ADP. I, I just, he's going to be the wide receiver one on this team. I think it's pretty clear he's the wide receiver one on this team. And if Mac Jones gets this job, he's going to be a 75-catch guy that I'm getting late. Uh, or I was getting super late. Now he's kind of like 13th round, but still I think he's undervalued. Okay, so in terms of Jacoby Myers, is this like a a Julian Edelman, Edelman type thing? Because uh, like the Patriots home grow – a lot of their they they've been doing this undrafted free agent like develop their guy and make him into their main. Did they even sign one yet? By the way, I don't think they have one, which just shows what? you how weak this NFL class was. Side tangent: When people say like, "Oh, he was a fourth round pick," he was a fourth round pick in the smallest NFL class ever. Right. Like that's on the, like you got to add around to like every guy outside of like the first thirty five picks. You just got to add around to them. So, like, you say, like, oh, they used a fourth rounder. Well, that's equivalent to a fifth rounder, like in most years. So Totally, totally. Yeah, no, I just am I'm thinking, like, in terms of Jacoby Myers, he's not really a guy that you could have projected out of NC State that he was going to become, you know, a featured weapon. But don't last tell year. To, don't tell that to the fantasy guys who played college football fantasy, by the way. Well, that's fair. Um, but I just look at it and I say, I can see the the logic here to him ending up to develop into something. Um, I'm 
I've been peeking into Aguilar a little bit. I mean, I think he's an interesting best ball guy. Are you out on him? I was really happy like the first 40 drafts. Then I just said, screw it. I'm just going to take all the Myers value because they're okay. probably the same like type of guy and one's going 35 picks later. Right. So it's not like I'm out on Aguilar. I'm just like, oh, I know I can get Jacoby Myers 30 picks later. Let me take Gus the bus. Let me take um, what well, hopefully will be Tony Pollard, right? Rojo is a guy that's quietly, I've just been moving up and up and up and up in the last couple of weeks. Uh, really like Rojo. What do you, what, quickly, thoughts on Rojo? I just, Leonard Fournette could just be done and he could get cut. He was going to get cut last year. It's a um, it's an upside play for me. I I'm not drafting him for his role in Week One. It's it's what you're talking about. He was great last year. I mean, is he Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey? No. Um, but can he be a guy that dominates? That huh? Can he be Chris Carson? Yeah, I I absolutely believe he can, and I think he showed enough signs as a pure runner last year in a Tom Brady offense in a optimized offense where he's never going to be a t- a player opposing defenses are looking at and saying, all right, we're game planning for Ronald Jones. They're going to be looking at Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, like the tight ends. Antonio um, Brown. Yeah. So he's going to be a guy that's going to slip through the cracks of these opposing defenses. And I, I mean, the holes were open in the playoffs last year. If it's Rojo with, 15, 20 touches a, a game. He has, he doesn't have quite Tony Pollard upside. Um, I, I saw you had some Gio Bernard exposure. What's your, what's your thought on that? Third down roll. Uh, it's a couple weeks, you know, they'll be betraying for some reason and yeah. they'll use him. Uh, I don't know why they gave up on Kashawn Vaughn. It, like every time he played, he was fine. I never really quite yep. understood why they just gave up on him. I, I mean, it's not Tom Brady's fault that he overthrew him like by 15 yards in that. What I can't remember what that fourth down play was, where he just absolutely missed him wide open, exactly where he was supposed to be. Right. And like that was the last we saw of him. I was like, he was wide open. What did he do wrong? It would have been like a 25 yard gain. What did he do wrong? Um. I I think though that like he'll be fine. I I kind of have cooled on him a little bit. Like I'd rather take guys with more ceiling. But again, like uh, in the zero RB builds where mm-hmm. like my first running back is like Zach Moss level. Uh, yeah. I just like, again, like those eight point weeks might be something I actually need. So super late. That's kind of where he pops in. But yeah, mm-hmm. he, he's a guy that I think I'm going to be getting lower and lower on, especially as I get higher and higher on Rojo. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, let's just talk about one more. Uh, like, we, we're, like Pat, Pat's passing offense. I guess we kind of already talked about it. If Matt gets the job, like it's good for everybody. Um, you put Nikhil Harry on this list. You think he's going to stick around? He has had a really good camp. Is he finally healthy off that ankle this, injury from two years ago? Hey, Siege, this was purely for my self-esteem, putting Harry at the very end of the Myers, Aguilar, Johnny, and Henry. Um, we're the, the, uh, the, the Nikhil Harry support group meetings. We're many people are, are just walking out the door every week. It's getting quieter and quieter. I was say, it's, just uh, <laughs> it's looking pretty ugly. And I'm, moving, um, I'm, I'm itching the chair towards the door too. Right. Like, hey, things are fine. Inch, inch. Yeah. So in terms of this offense, I, I think Myers, Aguilar, Janu, and Henry 
if Mac Jones is installed as the starter, uh, are you interested Mac Jones in those? Would be kind of fun, wouldn't it? It would be great. I mean, who knows how good the offense will actually be? But from a fantasy perspective, um, do you have a preference on Janu and Henry? No. Because I don't really like either of them for fantasy. So it, it's really Myers and Aguilar, but it's a pretty. It's not bad, like from a tactical standpoint, you know? Yeah, I trust the coaching staff too. Uh, yeah, I just kind of mix them in uh, yeah. at, at the tight end pool. You know, I just kind of like, oh, all right, you got like 9% Henry, and I think I got like 7% Johnny. So it's like, ah, right. you know, I need a tight end two. I've got a good tight end one. All right. You know, this is probably where I should just go. They're not going to get zeros. They're going to play if they're healthy. So, yeah, I, I don't really have a strong opinion there. Uh, I just really would like to see Mac win the job. Let's talk about the Chiefs secondary weapons, shall we? Uh, because I have a stand. As you, uh, I, I am big on one Mr. Brian Pingle. Uh, he, he's in the mm. mid-20s for me in ownership. He is my number four over-owned wide receiver. And I feel pretty confident on this one. Uh, I, I think that he's going to win the job over Demarcus Robinson. I really do. He looked good in short stints. Uh I'm just curious. So we've been on this Chiefs offense for, what, four years now uh, with Mahomes and even Alex Smith years. Hill and Kelsey have never gotten hurt. I mean, Hill missed half the season a few years ago. That's me knocking um, on wood, by the way. Yeah, right. Uh, if either gets hurt, I'm kind of on the 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 board of saying this offense might just get worse. If either of one of them so good, I'm not worried about that. I'm not, I'm not fully worried, but if either of them gets hurt, like, I don't think we're seeing a one for one replacement. I I think it's just going to be worse Mahomes weeks. So that's kind of my stance there. But okay. Um, okay, Let's say Byron Pringle is an 18th round receiver. If he's like, yeah, 60% of Tyree kill in the offense. Like that's a massive profit potential. And and we've seen this, this with Andy Reid throughout his entire career, even back to the Eagles days. His game planning some weeks just catches defenses totally. It destroys them. And we've seen that with Demarcus Robinson. We've seen that with all the uh, the players in this Chiefs offense over the years. Um, Pringles made some just, big catches for them too. Yeah. Like he has. Yeah. Like, and I, this, for me, the Pringle thing, I was on him a couple years ago, didn't really do anything, but they – when they signed him, it was like right at the start of free agency. Like he, they gave him a qualifying offer. He snapped, took it, and it was like a kumbaya understanding. Like we expect you to do better, and we expect to pay you after this season. It was like the it was you would have thought this guy had like won three Super Bowls with the team. Like both sides were just super happy, and I was just like, it was. I just can't shake it. I watched the press conference, and I just can't shake it. It just looked yeah. like that everyone else in the room knew something. And I remember being like, why are we having a press conference for Byron Pringle? <laughs> uh, you know, there, there was there was some other news too, but like Byron mm. Pringle was like been prominently mentioned. It's like, oh, we got him back on the qualifying. I'm like, okay, you guys seem optimistic about it. And I mean, Demarcus Robinson is nothing special, right? Pringle's got more athleticism. He's got a little more competitive catchability. So I just think he's going to win the third number three receiver job. And, you know, if, you know, Hardman has never stayed healthy and he's more of a vertical guy, 
I just think there's a lot of room for that number three receiver in the offense. So, And he's still going super cheap, too. This is a guy that I want to be overweight on because I'm afraid that preseason is going to blow his value up. And so I'm really trying to – this is probably even a little bit lower than I want. I, like, I want to be in the, 20, in the mid-20s, so like if he blows up five rounds, I don't have to chase him up the board. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to kind of connect the dots here – um, I have to say, now that I know Aaron Rodgers isn't going to Denver, I think I'm buying Drew Locke, and I know that'll make you happy. The last time I talked to you, I was talking about how bad he was. He's been really he's good in camp. I've been watching every camp clip of Denver quietly. Um, this offense is stacked. Teddy I mean, Bridgewater in this offense makes no sense. Every time I read a Teddy Bridgewater check down route in this offense, I'm like, we need what? <laughs> How could you check down in this offense? We need a guy who can air it out to Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and Noah Fant, and a guy who can sort of optimize this Javante amazing running game. This offense is ready to go. And e- even if Drew Locke is mediocre, I mean, you know, people have been trying to run this guy out of the league since he got here. This is his second year going into the year as a starter. He was be- he was and... better in the second half last year. For the love of God, can they just stop running the ball on second and ten all the fucking time? Yeah, so I'm like... in now. I'm in. I'm in. Good. I wanted. I wanted. It. I've been wanting to get back in. I was just like wanting to make sure that Locke was going to win the job because there was. I read a couple reports be like all the beats expect Teddy Bridgewater to win the job, and I was like, what? I assume they brought in a, yeah. a guy for a seventh rounder just for like a show competition, and Drew Locke was going to win. So I just kind of looks like, let me just make sure. I don't want to have a quarterback that's just never going to play on my roster. But yeah, it sure as hell looks like he's winning this battle. So it's time for me to start drafting seventeenth round Drew Locke again. He's going to run the uh, the second round heel, the Andy Dalton, the Derek Carr, where people hate them. And then he's five years into starting every year. Does anyone remember how bad Mizzou got after he just (laughs) left? Like, how did they go from winning the SEC title to, like, winning two games? Yeah. Like, the personnel basically didn't change other than Drew Locke. Right. Like, yeah. I just, yeah. I just, I really wish he got a new coaching staff this offseason. That's the only thing that terrifies me is the offensive coordinator. I just am so, he's so freaking old dinosaur I'm just he scares me but <sighs> it's like the front office is like here we got this run and gun offense and they're like how about we run on first second and third down and it's just like <sighs> can we not I I need Jerry Judy to be a thing this year so I need I do too. to start and I need this to happen so we're I willing I, I need to get back on Drew Locke I just our our Nikhil Harry uh Support group yeah. might turn into Drew Locke and the Denver <laughs> offense support groups here, and it'll have the same attendance. Uh, right, if, uh, right. This is, I just, it's all set up for a massive breakout. Like for example, if Jameis Winston was the starter here, where would Jameis Winston be going? Oh my God! Tenth round, eleventh you know, round. I I would say round nine or ten with these weapons. Yeah. Like, is Drew Locke that much worse than Jameis Winston? If the offense, if they just let him throw, if they just say, hey, let him throw like they let Jameis throw in Tampa, he can't be that much worse, right? Yeah, but it's like Andy Dalton when he had A.J. Green and all those, you know, the Tyler Eifert, it's like... He's got a bigger arm than Andy Dalton. Yeah, yeah, like, 
Like he was good. Same with Derek Carr. Like if if Locke is that, I just would love the offensive. Decent, if he is decent, then this offense is going to go bananas. God, basically, I just wish they had any other offensive coordinator in the world. Any <laughs> other offensive coordinator in the world. They're so loaded. If they just it's didn't crazy. have a dinosaur. Ugh. Yeah, I I think the talent's gonna overwhelm. I hope the so. The Fant Judy Sutton thing is. That can't fail. It's too uh, big just, to fail. Say, if, it's if, too if, big to fail, Siege. If Drew Locke is decent this year and they fire the coach because they go like 7-10, and 10, but it's clearly like Drew Locke's not the problem, all in Drew Locke 2022. Like, if I just... Yeah. I just don't think he's the problem. I think the coaching staff's the problem. Uh, well, I know the talent on that offense is not the problem. I know that. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's definitely not. All right, back. Time to take Drew Locke in round seventeen again. That's fair enough. I, I, I there's a couple times where like people would take like five quarterbacks because they would forget the drought was happening, and I have a couple Drew Locke shares where I had to take three quarterbacks. I'm yeah. like, well, it's Drew Locke. I guess he's probably going to win this job. Hopefully, wins this job. So, I'm just so high on Denver. Um, quickly, let's talk about Tyrell Williams versus Perriman. Um, I think it's Tyrell's job. Perriman's just as terrible, right? Tyrell's the guy. I uh, I haven't been thinking about it. So when I saw your Tyrell Williams stuff, I was like, maybe I have to take a closer look. The value's there for for both, sort of. You know, um, I just don't want to be hitting zeros every week. So he's like my like, wide receiver, like eight, wide right, receiver right. nine. Where it's like, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It yeah. shouldn't matter. But he's got the four catch for 120 and two touchdown Correct. Correct. thing that he, that can flex for me. So, yeah, that, that's kind of why he's there. But, yeah, he does look weird, right? The rest of the series is like, okay, okay, okay. Pringle, that's intriguing. Okay, Nico Collins looks really good right about now. That number's going to go down. His number, He's already starting to rise since they traded Cobb. Yeah. You know? Shout out to uh, somebody. Uh, Michael Thomas was a guy who could have been like 35% owned for me. Had someone not given me a heads up a couple weeks ago, be like, ah, yeah, he's not going to be ready. And I was like, oh. So like wow. that 20% is like me cutting. That, that was after I started cutting it. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, you got it was going to be a bad number. Yeah. It would have been a bad number. It would have been close to where Jacoby was. <laughs> like I was ready to go. I was like, why is Michael Thomas in the third round? He should be a second rounder. Like, he, he's just gonna yep. he's gonna win everyone leagues. It's such a good bounce back spot, and I really just bought myself into it. And then someone saw me in a draft, take him in late two, in the second round. They're like, dude, he's not gonna be there for the first month and a half. I was like, oh, okay, right. we'll stop then. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm waiting for him to fall in round nine though. Like if he falls to round nine, I'm back in. Like I'll also start taking him as wide receiver six in round nine and just wait the first six weeks because come the playoff weeks, you know he might have, you know, million dollar winning upside, but. Hasn't quite fallen that far yet, but I suspect it will happen. I expect it as well, and I don't know, man. It's, I it's was tournament in. only. It's only like in your season normal like twelve team league. Don't do it, but like in a tournament where all the money is in week seventeen, week 15, sixteen, week fifteen. Yeah, I was. I was in. I. Uh, I will. You know, if it gets cheap enough, you mentioned that round nine range. I might throw a few more shares at it but man oh i was he's I, he's been real dysfunctional i he's, I, he's I, got I, attitude something going on over there sh- shout out to whoever the person who tipped me off i know you listen to the pod i really appreciate that that could have been like a real 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 problem 
it was on its way. Like he was at like I think the, I think I have a screenshot the day. I think it was at like thirty five percent that day. Jesus, yeah. yeah. It was. Uh, it's been just like drafting ever since to just cut. I was trying to just cut it as fast as I could. You know, like there's only so many drafts you can get in. I was already like hundred and forty deep at that point. But it's just like I was right. trying like every moment <laughs> of every day, just being like I gotta get another draft and I gotta get that Michael Thomas cut before it comes out and he just free falls. Like I gotta keep going. And I got it's like 24%, so it was fine. But uh, that's why he's still there. Um, yeah. Let's get to tight ends really quickly because uh, we kind of buried the lead. Oh, um, so while we're in the tight end section, you know what my favorite – and this is DraftKings only where they go 20 rounds. But if you're in anything that goes like best ball format that goes round twenty later than 20 rounds, one of my favorite things to do when I don't have Travis Kelsey on the team is to take Noah Gray in the last round. Yeah, I, again – uh, someone will be catching there. passes from from Patrick Mahomes, and he's gotten some nice little rumblings. Interesting project, uh, and could be they don't have much competition there for uh, tight ends. So yeah, they, they do use could, their tight end too in. sometimes too on like those cheap third downs. They roll out to the right, and they let him like just spread out to the left, and he's wide open every single time. Yeah, it's like good. Yep. For, it's good for like his floor is probably like ten catches on the season on that one play alone. Uh, he, he'll be tied in too for sure and so he'll just it's yeah I, I saw it i was watching some mahomes tape because i was trying to figure out like kind of what to expect for pringle and i was like oh look they ran the tight end back door when they needed a third down in the afc title game and you know they third quarter needed a big first down yeah ran the play it was just like a little little what? flip on the shotgun to uh noah gray out of out of uh oh no i was talking about the rollout to the right where he's standing on the left side and they just kind of like just leap oh! him out and then it turns, turns around and just throws yeah, it to yeah, him yeah. wide open yeah they ran that play for blake bell like four times in the playoffs and i'm like well that's the new noah gray play and i was like yep, oh yeah blake totally. bell was in the nfl last year yep um so that's like that's my top secret like round 20 play where i don't have like a stud tight end and it's like all right well if Kelsey gets hurt, now I have, like, a potential league winner in the 20th round. Every other first-round pick, by the way. I was going to write an article on this, and I changed my mind. Every other first-round pick gets hand, has a handcuff gets picked in the middle rounds other than Travis Kelsey. That's all I'm going to say. Right. Like, you know, at, like just go through every first-rounder, and all their handcuffs don't go any later than round 10, and Noah Gray never gets drafted. So, mm-hmm. uh, I remember he didn't have an ADP, and then after I did drafted him, like, six times, he like, picked up an ADP, and I was like, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> I'm going to stop right. for a minute. Go back to going to the un-ADP drafted list. Um, let's talk about tight end. Kyle Pitts. I think he's Megatron. I've been on record saying this. I think he's Megatron. I think he's that dynamic. I think he's going to break every rookie tight end record and laugh at it doing it. He is a freak of nature. And I'm not going to let anyone tell me, like, TJ Hawkinson's historical tight end numbers are not going to change me. Like, does anyone remember? No one remembers this because people weren't playing. Go look at Gronkowski's second half of his rookie season against the Pat for the Pats. Like, oh, it was outrageous. It's yeah. outrageous. And yeah. he went the next year. He went in the tenth round, and I drafted him. It's my that's when I got into fantasy football. Like, I won every league that year because all I did was take Gronkowski in the tenth round. I was like, oh, my tight end won. He was my tight end one that year. Just it was insanity what he did, and no one noticed. Like. The, the Rob Gronkowski and Jimmy Graham breaking out in the same year was a pretty chaotic fantasy football time. It was, it was, but it's just, I just think he's the, he's even freakier than Gronk was. And people, teams are using tight ends more as like this freaky tight end. Like 
They he's just gonna be a beast. He's gonna play a ton of slot. He's not gonna line up on the line. They got Hurst for that. He's just gonna play the slot. He's gonna be mismatched on linebackers, and he's just gonna absolutely crush. I like him. Um, I'm not him. as high as you. Um, I'm still on the on the stance of like where are the targets Cal- gonna go? Even Calvin Johnson didn't blow up his first year. That's because he was playing at Georgia tech and people didn't realize how good he was. (laughs) It's true. But like, you know, I'm just, I I can see the eight to 800 to a thousand yard range. I I see it. I'm not hating on anyone picking him in that range. I just, uh, I think it's one of those yards. Like I just, the guy's a beast. He's just a freak. Right. He's a, he's where where are the targets going to go? Russell Gage. It's the carious. Like, they're going to be um, behind all the time. They're going to have to throw. They have Mike I Davis think, I think back. it's going to be Ridley, Pitts, and Hurst as sort of the... Hurts and Hurst Gage. is another guy who's free, too. Right. So, I, I think I think it's going to be those four as, as um, you know, the upside. And I do think Ryan's going to hit that 4,500 passing yard range. So, you know, I, I'm fine with projecting Pitts for 900 to 1,000 yards this year. Yeah, um, my question is... Uh, well, number one, and that would be the rookie record, basically for receiving yards. I don't care. Um, he's gonna he's gonna master that by like week twelve. Rookie record. Uh, and ah. and and I think it's fair to project that. I do. Um, I'm just a little more hesitant than uh, my man Siege, who's taking him one hundred and one, which is aging well already, by the way, in rookie drafts. Yeah. Wait, which is which, oh Kyle Pitts number one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it aged really well because you know what have, everyone did the next month and a half after that in tight end premium? They took Pitts Picked one. First. Yeah. <laughs> right. It aged super well. <laughs> I, was, it, I got murdered for it. You know why I got murdered for it? The team picked. Because people wanted him. Yeah, the team, the guy traded up to the second pick thinking I was going to take Trevor. Like, I was never a super Trevor guy. Like, they just thought I was, I was like, oh, look, if you want Pitts, you better come to one. Like, they thought it was all talk and I was. It was funny. I was in Vegas the night before. I was just chilling in the hotel room. It was just the first night out. I just landed. I was tired. I knew this was in the morning, so I kind of wanted to, like, I knew they were going to be waiting on me. So I was like, look, I can't get up before 8 a.m. Vegas. That was not going to happen. But, you know, like, I knew they were going to be waiting on me. And right. I kind of was just sitting there thinking about it. I was just like, if everybody wants a second pick for this guy, why am I not just taking him one? He's a freak. <laughs> Tight ends don't yep. come often like this very much. Quarterbacks, there's always three or four in every, in every like, first round every year. Like, they're kind of a dime a dozen. They're kind of not the world's best dynasty asset if you miss. You know? You can easily swing and miss at him. Pitts is not a swing and miss. Like, he's going to be a tight end one for a decade. And I was, yeah. like, and I was like, you know what? We're going to do it. Like, we're going to shake it up. Oh, he they just trade for two. And the guy messaged me, he goes, who are you taking one? I was like, I decided to take Pitts. And he's like, wait! And I already made the pick. Like, obviously, <laughs> he was probably going to try to offer it for one. But I just oh, he's a, he's a freak, man. I, I I love him, and I think like I I made a hot this is my, I have a hot take thread on Twitter. Um, it's pinned to my profile where I have a hot I make a new fantasy football hot take every day. And my very first one out of the gate is that the uh, uh, normally DraftKings does best balls that start in week two and go the rest of the way. Kyle Pitts will be a first round pick after the first week. Right, it's, the Eagles matchup at home. It's gonna go absolutely bonkers against that linebacking and secondary. And people are gonna be like, "Oh my god, we now is that gonna be? Is he gonna, you know, turn into what Ceh was and maybe not live up to all the hype after that? Potentially possible, 
But week one daily fantasy, Kyle Pitts will be my highest owned tight end. <laughs> Lock it in right now. Price does oh, not matter. I love it. Um, so yeah, I use more capital at tight end in these best balls than most people. I think that's kind of where my one of my biggest stands is that you know in these one-off positions, I want like elite points from every position, and so I use a lot of equity on tight draft equity on tight ends. Kyle Pitts, Kelsey over twenty percent. Um, Irv Smith was a guy I was high on. Then I stupidly listened to Zimmer saying his role wasn't going to change. Then on day one, he talked about how they didn't really need a slot receiver because they had Irv Smith, and I wanted to punch myself for listening to him the first time. Uh, so he's still my third highest on tight end. I'm pretty spread out, but I just if the really the difference for me is that like I'm paying up for Kittle, Andrews, Waller, Pitts, Kelsey. Fant, I, I just I want to be have that tight end anchor on my team. I don't want to be like, you know, Mike Gesicki tight end one. Yeek! I, I don't want to. Be it doesn't feel great, Not even though I do ball. like Gesicki this year, but it doesn't feel great. In, yeah. in a best ball, it's just tough. It's just like you're get, I'm handing points away to the field before I even start. Like let me be have it. Like let me gain it tight end. Let me gain it quarterback. I can figure it out everywhere else. There's just a lot more wide receivers, and there's only. Five to six good tight ends every year. Right. Yep, yep. And I like some of the young tight ends coming up. You mentioned Hawkinson. Uh, doesn't profile like Pitts, but did profile like an elite uh, fantasy tight end coming That's out of Iowa. That's the one I just can't, I, can't, I can't get there with him. Can't get there? I like Mark Andrews, too. Um, and I'm cool with Kelsey Kittle Waller as well. Tyler Beaker talked me into Waller. So, um, yeah, I, I'm like, I didn't expect myself to get there, but I'm shifting into, uh, you know, the early to mid tight end just to get the anchor as you're talking about. Yeah, it, it, you know, it depends where you play, but in the best ball format, I just think it's a lot more stronger. Like in a redraft league, I'm willing to kind of let it wait a little bit longer and take two of Smith and Fant and know that guys emerge every year where I can pick them up. But in best ball, you don't have that luxury. You don't have a waiver wire. So um, that's why it's also kind of nice because I know I probably won't get these guys. Like mm-hmm. in – I'm not sure I'm going to pay first rounder for Travis Kelsey in a main event, right? So right. I, I mean, maybe I will. It depends where I pick, you know. But I, I just want to be – I'd rather be overweight in best ball knowing that, you know, come redraft season, I might not be able to pay the piper. Uh, where I'm willing, more happy to pay the piper in a best ball where there's no waivers and there's no guys that emerge and things like that. So I'm willing more to pay the price in, the, in this format than maybe some others. Right. Yep, I'm with you. So, uh, yeah, we talked about Denver's offense. All right, only an hour 15. That's not bad for us. <laughs> that, I know. I was like, Siege, are we going three hours today? Just let me know. Yeah, you know, that's why we did it on Friday. Because it's like, right. it's, if this was like a Tuesday, it, it could have turned into, you know, a two-parter for sure. <laughs> we right. have that ability. Uh, Russell, I really appreciate you joining me. We'll absolutely have you on uh, again before the start of the season. Yeah, as always, thanks for having me on, Siege. Good to catch up. Absolutely. Guys, fantasyguru.com. You can find us work there all the time. They do the football live stream. Was that every Tuesday night? Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. It's part of your package. Just go get them. There's so many options. I think there's one with, like, you can get, like, a league trophy for your league from Trophy Smack, our new partners. So, like, go check it out, fantasyguru.com. Again, if you want to get everything, there's ways to do it. Just email support. We, we, we want you. And uh, <laughs> it'll be worth it. I promise. Like, we've been crushing all. We crushed last year. We'll crush this year again. Yep. Like, we're not necessarily the loudest people when it comes to seasonal. Well, outside of Jeff Mance, he's pretty loud. <laughs> 
the rest of us, <laughs> or we're not all that loud. We let the money do the talking, okay? Like, we let... It's funny. Like, last year, everything went wrong. And I looked at the end of the season. And I was like, well, still turn 2%. Okay, cool. Thanks. And, like, and that was with everything going possibly imaginably wrong. Like, I faded Jonathan Taylor completely because I thought Marlon Mack was going to be the guy. Marlon Mack gets all the carries for one half. And then Terrace Achilles. Brutal. Yeah, right. brutal. I was completely right. He was going to be a complete bust for, like, at least six weeks. And then he turns into, like, RB1 immediately, and I had That's none. like, I, I was in on Taylor, and it's one of those where, you know, you your your pocket twos versus pocket aces, but you hit the set on the flop, and you're like, okay, I guess I I guess I won this one outright. I I, I hit, but it, it it was it was a lucky one, you know. Oh, z- people forget he had zero touches. Zero. It was not looking good at all. Oh, I had Marlon Mack in fantasy, daily fantasy too. It was looking so good. I was I was oh, I was looking so good. Uh, oh well. And those those are the breaks, but uh, again, fantasyguru.com. You can find all of Russell's work, and uh, I'll be back here in a couple days. We're gonna be doing a bunch more fantasy football episodes, so make sure you you subscribe, like, leave a five star review for the Siege Mentality Podcast. Of course, you can find it on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. He's Russell. I'm CJ. Until next guy. Next time, guys. We'll see ya. <laughs>